Max K asks, what are some of the philosophical things good politicians do badly and bad politicians do well? That overgeneralizes. Different good politicians have different strengths and weaknesses, and the same for bad politicians. There isn't like a consistent theme of all the bad politicians. Like, there's bad politicians on the left and bad politicians on the right, and there's major differences. There's some themes, like bad politicians tend to be more dishonest. You're going to find more dishonesty among the bad politicians than the good ones. And uh, bad politicians commit more crimes. You're going to find a higher rate of committing crime against uh, among the bad politicians politicians, the better people are, are less criminally inclined. And the better politicians give more speeches that have something to do with ideas on the whole, and when they talk about ideas, it's more coherent on the whole. Like, you can actually understand what they're talking about and what their reasoning is more often. The smarter people who actually understand what good policy is more are more interested in talking about it, more interested in debating, more interested in having clear communication in uh, more substantive communication channels where you can actually say more than one soundbite. And then the people who are bad at that kind of stuff would prefer just a few slogans because good ideas and bad ideas are not very well differentiated by slogans. Like you can be on the wrong side of an issue and still have a perfectly good slogan that's, uh, you know, catchy or whatever a slogan is supposed to be like. So it, it helps neuter the advantage of the better thinkers if you focus on things like that. So bad politicians are more inclined to that kind of stuff. Bad politicians are also more inclined towards personal attacks and, you know, dragging everything through the mud because when everyone's in the mud, it's harder to tell the difference between who has better ideas. It's, you know, it's a huge distraction. And... If it's just um, who can sort of dishonestly claim the other guy started the mudslinging better, that is a social calibration issue. It's a, a rhetoric and a being a convincing liar and a believing your own bullshit and whatever kind of thing. Like, be confident, be assertive, um, just have some bluster to you and some charisma. So bad politicians can be just as effective as good politicians, like that kind of social game, basically. Um, I guess that broadly the bad politicians are better at social games than the good ones because if you take two politicians that are equally successful and the good politician is getting more of his success from good ideas, then the bad politician to be equally successful would have to be getting some greater amount of success from something else, such as social games. It's not that being a bad politician helps with social games, but there's a selection effect where like, uh, people have success in politics if they're good at something, such as explaining some ideas in a way that people can understand and think, hey, that would be good policy, or um, being charismatic or whatever else. So it's not that good politicians are bad at charisma, it's that there's a selection effect where you can get into politics while not being as good at charisma if your ideas are good. And similarly, you can get into politics while having shitty ideas if your charisma is good. And there's there's like a, a minimum bar for how effective you have to be in some way overall 
and then you can be lacking in some particular area. And of course, someone who's good at both things would be even more effective. Um, but that's hard and you know, there's just not enough people who are like great at everything. So we end up with a fair amount of people who are good at some things and not others and just barely make it over the bar to get elected or do well in politics or whatever. Max K also asked, why do people have a hard time asking good questions about politics? People have trouble with questions in general. It's partly because their parents didn't like their questions. And the same with their teachers, like school sure doesn't ask you. School sure doesn't teach you to ask good questions. Asking teachers questions is very limited, and you often get answers that aren't helpful, and you just give up on asking entire categories of questions, and you keep it to very simple stuff like, uh, you know, which homework problem did you assign? That's something a teacher will actually answer, and you can actually get a useful answer that helps you. But if you're trying to understand the concepts, um, teachers are often like, they don't understand the concepts themselves, they don't understand the question, they don't understand what a concept is, you're not going to get very far. And they often interpret what you're saying as disobedience or dissent or something. Like, why are you questioning me so much? Like, why don't you just listen? Like, they don't understand a lot of the time that the reason you're asking questions is because you don't understand it and you're trying to understand. So they take the learning process as backtalk and just are cruel to it. So people do not have a, a long history of asking questions and getting valuable answers. That's not something they have a lot of practice with and positive experience with. People also don't have a good sense of what level of detail to ask about. There's lots of questions that are kind of vague and broad in the wrong ways. So you can ask like pretty specific questions or if you're going to ask a broad question, it works better if it makes sense and it connects to actual important concepts. Like, if you want to learn about politics, you could start asking questions about, like, what is freedom? What are rights? Um, what goes wrong when uh, there's a limit on freedom in general? And those would be productive questions, but people have a hard time thinking of those questions and differentiating them from a bunch of other questions they could ask. Oh, just like, uh, how, how should we run society, which is too vague. I mean, that's not the worst question, but it's not, there's very little to it. And people don't know which broad concepts are important. Like, they don't know the list, like, freedom, rights, individualism, capitalism, voluntary versus involuntary, force versus non-force. They don't know, like, those are the most important concepts. And they have trouble asking about that, too. Like, just saying sort of broadly... What are the important concepts in politics is it's hard to get a good answer to that because it's too vague. And a lot of times the person you're asking won't know what you have in mind, even if they actually know the answer. And, you know, you could be more specific. You could say, like, what are the names of some of the most important political concepts that people should learn to understand to give them a broad philosophical perspective on politics and be able to understand it in a sort of outline way and then like you know what are the broad categories that you want to be nesting more specific ideas under but like a lot of people don't even know that that's what they want to ask for so it's hard to ask questions because they don't know what they want 
and they don't know what they should want and they don't know how to ask about that more specifically than just sort of what should I ask or what would be good to know or something like super generic. 